Welcome to the Perfectly Integrated Podcast, hosted by Matt Ackerman, where we show the power of teamwork in wealth management. Now, onto the show. Impact. I don't think there's anyone that goes through a life well-lived without at least aspiring to leave an impact on the world. We work to do with our words, our actions, and hopefully our wallets. But when you can align your purse, your passion, and your purpose, that's when you can make real impact happen. Welcome back to Perfectly Integrated. I'm Matt Ackerman, and anybody who knows me knows how passionate I am around impact. ESG and impact investing. While I was in investment news, I traveled to Haiti to make a documentary about impact. From there, we put together an amazing film festival all around impact in conjunction with the United Nations. And my passion for this has never wavered, even when the haters told me that ESG was a fad. Well, that's why I'm so excited about today's guest, Gabe Rissman, who co-founded YourStake.org to bring values-based investing to the masses. Gabe is the future, and he knows what real impact means. Gabe, welcome. Wow. Thank you so much, Matt. And I'm really glad to be here. Would love to hear when people are telling you ESU is a fad and what they're saying now. See, okay. This is very interesting. So I would sit in meetings at uh, Investment News, and I can tell this story, we, uh, we would sit in meetings with editors who were really smart people, but they would look at you and say, I don't think this is going anywhere. I don't think this is where you know the puck is heading. We don't need to do any of this. And literally, so what I did was I said, well, they can't argue with me if I get the United Nations. Investment <laughs> News' office was based two blocks from the UN. Yeah. I literally walked down the block, had a conversation with their uh, one of their communications directors, and they were like, yeah, we'd love to do a uh, film festival with you. And then they, they couldn't say no anymore. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Next time I need anything, I'll just knock on the UN door and uh, bring in the big boys. And exactly. <laughs> exactly. If you have the United Nations, done, that's smart. <laughs> when you can walk into that room, it's like, there's no, no longer can they argue with you. Literally what happened was is like, I remember when I got the news that we had the UN, they were like in a behind closed doors meeting and I knocked on the door, opened it without anybody saying, come in. I went, Hey, good news. We got the United Nations. And like, they were just kind of just dumbfounded. It's one of my favorite gotcha moments ever. But anyway, I really want to talk about you and the impact <laughs> you're making on the world. Gabe, what is impact to you? It's a great question. Impact to me is going to be different from impact to you, which is going to be different from impact to anyone else. And that is one of the big things that we focus on at your stake is the fact that impact means so many different things to different people. For me, impact means, at least in the investment space, impact means that your dollars are going towards the issues that you care about, and things are actually happening as a result. It's not something that's just on paper, but impact means that companies are changing and the world is changing as a result of the decisions that you make. So impressive. You're a student at Yale only a few years ago. What inspired you to kind of take this step and create your stake? By the way, I also, speaking of Yale, I see you're wearing a Seton Hall shirt and, and your team just rocked us in basketball. <laughs> a couple of it was at the game, 80 to 41. Yeah, it was. <laughs> oh man, I was looking forward to that, but that was uh, quite a disappointment. Anyway, <laughs> how, how I took this step from there to here, I, I, Yale was a, I was a climate activist. I was part of Yale's fossil fuel divestment campaign. Actually, my co-founder of Your Stake recruited me to join. And we were pushing Yale to try to stop investing in fossil fuel companies. The reason why is that there's a lot of research and literature that has shown that fossil fuel divestment movements have actually created impact, have pushed companies to change, have spilled over into the policy arena, has actually led to real things happening. And we dove into the fossil fuel divestment side of things, but also knew that there was so much more to sustainable investing and so much more impact that could be had 
through a lot of different means. So what we did is we were also part of the undergraduate student investment fund, got to invest $100,000 of, of the endowment and put it into impactful investments. And part of that, we actually filed a shareholder resolution, meaning we put a proposal up to vote at Exxon's annual meeting. Every shareholder had to vote on it. We co-filed this with a group of investors on Exxon's climate lobbying and how they were publicly supporting climate change, but also at the same time funding organizations that were denying climate change. And that is another great means of having impact through impact investing. So there was fossil fuel divestment, there was shareholder engagement, and then obviously the, the main term of the day is ESG. And ESG integration a lot of times means how do you invest in companies that are doing well and avoid companies that are doing poorly on the issues that you care about. And we dove into the literature there and really tried to understand what creates impact, what is effective, are these strategies actually doing anything? And there was a lot to learn. There's a lot of misinformation and there's a lot that's changing. Honestly, the answer four years ago is different from the answer today because ESG has just reached a different level of scale. So that's what drove us into what we're doing right now was this question of what does create impact and, and what needs to happen. So interesting. I, I can remember watching a Harvard-Yale football game a few years ago where all the students went to the middle of the field because they were pushing back on some of this climate advocacy. And you know, it, it's an amazing environment there in the Ivy League that, that fosters this amazing kind of thinking that allows you to do the great work that you're doing already. Yeah, a lot of my friends were, I was already graduated at that point, but a lot of my friends <laughs> were, uh, were part of that process to storm the field and it, mm -hmm. it worked. Uh, it led to a lot of outcomes. The work that we did was successful as well. We actually got Yale to vote in support of our shareholder resolution and it, and it passed and it led to change. And So it did lead to change. That shareholder advocacy work you did did lead to real it change. It did. Exxon left the major climate denial organization that was the target of this resolution. That's that's incredible. Shareholder advocacy is so interesting to watch. I you know I, I know a lot of great organizations that get involved with that and and that, but also you know putting money behind it, investing in the right places, doing the CSG thing, it can leave a real impact. You know what's been the reception so far to your stake uh, and in the work that you and Patrick have done. It's really what I'm most proud of, and. I love that we are able to help financial advisors that want to serve their clients. Clients have been looking for this. I think it's, you probably know these studies too, 80%, 90%, sometimes 95% of people looking to align their investments with their values. The CFA just came out with the study last year. Only 10% are actually doing it. It's a huge gap, 10 to 90. And mm -hmm. it's higher among millennials. That, that 90 is the general population. So one thing that we found is the main barriers driving that gap is financial advisors struggle to use ESG with their clients. And a lot of times, actually, it might be best to not call it ESG. It's values-based investing. Advisors struggle to, to do that. And the reason why is one, it's not personalized. Something I mentioned at the very beginning, if you want to present your great values-based investing portfolio to someone, and it's weapons-free, but they're a gun owner, they're not going to think that it's meant for them. And that's, that's an issue. If the second problem is around explainability, if you present a portfolio that's an 8 out of 10 ESG score, oh, great, woohoo, that's, uh, that's awesome. I mean, that's great, but what does that mean? How does the client understand what's going on? Can they trust it with all this 
fear about greenwashing, which I'm sure we'll get into later in this discussion. And then the last part is transparency. So even if you can explain what's going on with ESG, where is the information coming from? How do you know what's going on? What happens if a client asks a question? So what we're most proud of and what we love doing is being able to help financial advisors solve those main challenges and be able to provide a service to help their clients align their investments with their values and grow the movement of sustainable investing, which is more and more having a real impact on the world. And you do some amazing work in it with by doing it in a very simple way that kind of engages folks. Talk to us about that uh, survey, the 14 question survey that you utilize to kind of really understand where folks want to make their impact happen. A lot of people come in and you may have experienced this too. They come in and they tell their financial advisor, hey, this thing ESG sounds pretty cool. Let's do that. (laughs) And the financial advisor doesn't often have a a way to go based on that because there's a lot of different things that ESG means. Are you going to be looking for a gender equality focused portfolio? Are you going to want to focus on climate change and maybe go for renewable energy companies? That Are you passionate about forced labor? All these different issues, ESG can mean any of that. And what our questionnaire does is allows a client that knows that they have values and want to express those values in their investments, actually discover what that might mean. So we have this 14 question quiz similar to the Myers-Briggs personality type questionnaire, it gets at revealed preferences. It focuses on behaviors. It focuses on trade-offs. It's not just saying, check the box if you want ethical companies, which uh, which we've seen sometimes in the industry. <laughs> and that allows one, the advisor and the client to discover which values they want to focus on in building and reporting on ESG portfolios. And two, it just at least a great conversations. We've had, we've had stories mm-hmm. Advisors have told us there's a a couple, husband and wife, and they're having their son take the questionnaire and the son's answering the questions and the husband and wife are are looking at each other and giving giving looks like, what? I didn't realize that. The the (laughs) parents were learning about their own child while going through this questionnaire. And it just has led to really deep, engaging conversations and dialogues and, and bonds being built around values that allows the advisor to better understand and serve their clients. Keeping things simple, explainable, making it a conversation. To me, that's always been the thing that's missing sometimes with advisors is, is this is a story. I can remember when we were first getting the documentary together, the one we made in Haiti, I brought it actually to my father's church to test it, see if it made sense. And everyone raised their hand at the end and said, how do we get involved? How do we invest in, in these companies? And once people can get passionate about an idea, then it's something they want to get around. And and also too, ESG is not giving up. You can still do well while doing good with a lot of these companies too. So I think once people can get their arms around that they're not giving something up to do well, this makes even more sense. I totally agree, Matt. You know something crazy? I didn't believe it the first three times I saw it, but now I'm starting to believe it. For decades and decades, the biggest thing holding back ESG was concerns about financial performance. Mm-hmm. But far and away, that was the big issue is everyone thought you were giving up returns. Now there are more and more surveys, and I believe it more each time I see a new one, that financial performance is no longer the top concern among investors around ESG. The top concern is data quality and credibility and greenwashing. And greenwashing, for those that are unfamiliar, is the concern that either funds or companies their marketing around sustainability is outpacing their actual practices. 
And that I think is the crucial consideration among values investing right now, values-based investing is people are wondering if it's real. They're not so much concerned about the financial performance anymore. There have been a lot of empirical studies showing that you're, you're probably not giving up much. And some people just care a lot more about these impact issues. And now that is kind of the, the main crisis in question that the field of ESG and values-based investing is facing is what is real? How do I believe this and understand it? And that's what we're focusing on every single day. So how do you get over that hump? How do you get people to understand this? These are not greenwashed assets. These are not greenwashed companies. These are, you know, we're the good guys. How do you convince folks, skeptical sometimes investors, that you've found the good guys? Yeah, you have to prove it. (laughs) Get rid of the black boxes. A lot of data, not just ESG data, is based around analyst opinion and scores. Because the way the ESG data industry came to form was primarily in an asset management use case where people were trying to use ESG to outperform. And what you need there is a buy, sell, hold recommendation. You need analyst opinion. You need people giving insight on material ESG factors and what's creating impact. And that's kind of a secret sauce. And a lot of ESG got started as a secret sauce score and analyst opinion that people could use for those investment use cases. And obviously, ESG is still material and still has a lot of these uh, same components, but it doesn't need to be hidden. It can be more transparent. And that, I think, is what's game-changing. And that is what builds the trust, is on, on the Stake website, you can enter in a portfolio. You can actually compare your existing portfolio to a proposed ESG portfolio, or, or compare your ESG model to a prospect's portfolio or client's portfolio, whatever it may be. And you can show that this person would be responsible for 12 fewer asthma attacks in the ESG portfolio based on the number of dollars they're investing compared to their existing portfolio. And what we do, though, is we show all of the data behind that. So we show here is the breakdown of all your portfolio constituents and how they're contributing to asthma attacks. We're showing the toxic air pollution of each of those companies and funds that are held and the, and the weighting and where that toxic air pollution is coming from. What are all the facilities? What chemicals are they releasing? How toxic are those chemicals? Where are they located? What's going on? And we're also showing the full conversion methodology for exactly how you get from toxic air pollution to asthma attacks. So there's, you can always keep clicking on your stake until you get off of your stake to an academic paper or whatever else it might be. So that, I mean, that's starting to happen more and more. It's not just us. Uh, And I'm very glad about that. We need more transparency in this industry. And that is what combats greenwashing is transparency. And that's number one. Number two is understanding of what ESG actually is and understanding that part of ESG is proxy voting and understanding that part of values-based investing is shareholder engagement and understanding that what might look greenwashed to me is not going to be greenwashed to you because we have different values and understanding that it's about what the person cares about. And that I think is the main way to combat those challenges is transparency and understanding what the client's looking for and how there are many ways for investments to accomplish their goals, including engagement and advocacy and proxy voting. It's really incredible because of the fact that this is designed to meet people where they want to make the most impact. And that flexibility and personalization, to your point, is really 
where the great opportunity is. What's your vision? What what do you hope not just to accomplish, but where what in terms of reach? What are you hoping to accomplish here? Uh, I love that you asked that question. That's something that we try to think about a lot. Sometimes you get stuck in the day to day, and that's no fun. So I'm glad you're bringing me back to the big picture. That's the that's the why why of why we're doing this. The goal for us is to maximize impact. And that means bringing quality, non-greenwashed ESG data to scale and providing the tools to allow advisors and and asset managers just to allow people to operate with the data and actually align their investments with their values. So the vision is now, once everyone can align their investments with their values, how is the world different? How do companies operate under different incentives and different demands from their shareholder base? How will the world and the economy change? And I can only guess, I can only imagine, right? But it's going gonna, it's gonna to transform a lot of how companies operate and that's already happening. And this is just part of accelerating that movement towards a more aligned economy with what people are actually looking for. So that's the grand vision on the, on the smaller day-to-day, who are you type basis. The vision is if you want to invest and you want to align your investments with your values, you'll be able to find someone that listens to you and then doesn't say, oh yeah, we'll put you in this portfolio, this ESG portfolio. They say, what do you care about? What do you want? How can we serve your needs? What do you want your investments to do for the world? And how do you want to be involved in that? And being able to equip financial advisors with the tools to put those decisions and and put that alignment in the hands of their clients, that's our vision on on the smaller individual one person at a time type of thing. It's a big vision. It's awesome. How do you stay focused despite the obstacles? There must be a who. There's got to be there's always a who. There's always somebody that's inspiring you along the way. Who inspires you to keep reaching towards that big vision? Yeah, another fantastic question. It, it's my grandma. She unfortunately passed away last year. Uh, I was actually living with her at the time during COVID and she is my inspiration. Actually, my brother's inspiration as well. We, we both have lived with her and spent a ton of time with her. She treats everybody. There's a great Kant quote that to be moral and to live a great life is to treat people as a means to, sorry, to, to treat people not as a means to an end, but as an end in and of themselves. And she exemplified that. And every person she interacted with, she treated as important. And she treated as this is what matters. And she is really the inspiration for, for why I'm doing what I'm doing. I just think that's, that makes people around her feel so special. It's a great way to live. And I try to, to follow that in my day-to-day. Thanks for asking that. Uh, I lost my mom a few years ago. And she so much of her is in what I do, the kindness I bring. She really engaged with every question I asked every person I engaged with, every person she engaged with, it was always about them, they, the most important people in the room. And when you can kind of put yourself last and others first, that's that's when real change happens. And that's that's a great story. And I, I appreciate you telling it. That was awesome, man. How? What's next? What's the next step for your stake? What's the next, next step for you as you continue this amazing journey? Sure. The next step is to scale. We have found that our services are really helping people and advisors are, are telling us always ways to improve. That's what we love doing. It's very fun to always get this feedback and improve, but 
it seems to be working and, and we're able to be helping people and we want to be able to create the scale because you can't have impact without scale. So that's what's next for us as a company. And, and for me as an individual, it's just trying to always think about what is real from an impact perspective, what people are looking for, what they need, and being able to, to try to provide that to as many people as possible. I have no doubt you're going to do it. You, uh, you've inspired me. You've reached uh, a person who's a fan. I'm a big fan of yours, and I'm a big fan every, everywhere you guys are heading. But you know, I, I, I'm really excited because my last question comes from my son, 10-year-old son, CJ. Uh, he was excited because you're the first guest I've ever had on the show who's closer in age to him than than to me. So wow. <laughs> congratulations for that. Then now he's a Thanks. huge YouTube guy. Over the summer, we even recorded a show together called Summer of Sandwiches. And he asked, what should he be watching on YouTube to get inspired? What What's something that inspires you to go out and do great things like uh, you and your partner, Patrick, have done? <laughs> that is a, uh, that, that question could have a, a short answer, a medium answer, and a long, long, long answer. One of my favorite things to watch is actually, I would say two things. The first is a YouTube channel called The School of Life. And I'm a big fan of that. That one talks about my favorite video from The School of Life is called How to Be a Good Listener. And that's something that I try to take with me every single day. And it, it, it inspires me. It, one of the fun things it says, there are all these books on how to be a great speaker all these famous books on how to influence people and almost nothing on how to be a good listener. And it makes the case that listening is just so, so, so important to all of your relationships within your life. And that is something that really inspires me. And then the other thing that I listen to is I, I listen to or watch a lot of Buddhist videos on, on YouTube. And I took a fun path to get there. I, I studied physics in college. And what I was really interested in was not so much crunching the numbers and the math, but what the heck is going on at the event horizon of a black hole? When you're looking at quantum mechanics, what does all this stuff mean? What's actually happening in reality? And I learned that a lot of Buddhist philosophy and Buddhist descriptions of what the fundamental nature of reality is lines up with pretty hardcore physics descriptions of what the fundamental nature of reality is. And that took me on a really fun path to get inspiration on what's important, what matters. And, and I watch a lot of that on YouTube too. One of my favorite conversations I've had in a long time. Uh, and I love the way we're wrapping this up here because you're finding inspiration and making impact. And uh, man, I, I cannot thank you enough for being a part of this uh, conversation that I gave. This has been awesome, man. Thank you. Thanks so much, Matt. And got to thank your son for that great question. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. Well, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much to our audience for joining us. This has been another great episode of Perfectly Integrated. Hey, for Integrated Partners, I'm Matt Ackerman. Content in this material is for general information only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. All performance referenced is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through Integrated Partners, a registered investment advisor and separate entity from LPL Financial. Socially Responsible Investing, SRI, Environmental Social Governance, ESG Investing, has certain risks based on the fact that the criteria excludes securities of certain issuers for non-financial reasons and, therefore, investors may forego some market opportunities and the universe of investments available will be smaller.